Micah, chapter 5, says this, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, although you are small among the tribes of Judah, from you will come forth for me, one who will be ruler over Israel. His origins are from old, old from ancient days. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. And the rest of his brothers will return to the children of Israel. He will stand and shepherd in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then they will live securely, because now he will be great until the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. The remnant of Jacob delivered, excuse me, of Jacob delivered when Assyria enters our land and treads through our place, excuse me, our palaces. Then we will raise up against him seven shepherds and eight commanders of men. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now, what I read to you may sound strange, but this is very important, and we're going to get back to why this is important that we read this in just a moment. It is Christmas time. Believe it or not, I know you all couldn't tell by the Christmas tree and other things around us. You couldn't tell by the time wearing. You couldn't tell by the songs that we sang. But it's Christmas time once again. It's Christmas time. We are to spread joy to all the people around us. We're to spread joy to the world, the joy of Jesus Christ. That's what we're to do. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. There is joy in the wisdom of God. There's joy in that. The shepherds knew of Jesus. They knew about what was going to happen. We just spoke about it a moment ago. And they shared joy of the good news. And the disciples needed to do the same, and we are his disciples, incidentally. And the disciples had to go around and spread joy to the people when they knew that the Messiah was their shepherd, and the Messiah was their shepherd, and they knew him. They knew him personally. He was not just a man sitting in the boat with them. He was the Messiah, and they knew that, and they went around spreading the joy to the people around them, even though they were laughed at about it. They were. They were laughed about it. People said, well, who is this guy you're with? He can't be the Messiah. He cannot be, but he was. And so they went around spreading the joy to the people around them, telling them who he was. We knew of this. We knew of this. There's joy in the wisdom of God. There's joy in the wisdom of God. We know, we know that there were wise men. And when we think of wise men, we think about the three gifts. The three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you can see right in front of you, I put down gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's what that is in front of you. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know about that. And in the traditions, we think of three wise men. Well, we don't know that there were three wise men. There could have been 300 wise men for all we know. I doubt that. I seriously do. There might have been 30. There might have been 13. There might have been two. We know there's more than one because it says wise men. is in plural. But we know that there was more than one, and we know that they brought three gifts, and that's why they say three. We even know there are traditions in which they gave them names. Melchior, Caspiar, uh, and Belthazar. But this is not biblical. This is just through tradition they gave them the names. That's okay if you if you want to give them those names. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can call them, you know, James, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. I don't really care. But but the truth be told, the important part, uh, men to follow a star, the important part is the fact that uh, these wise men did come to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that these wise men brought the three gifts to celebrate that he's the king of kings. These wise men did this. 
Why did they do this? Well, they did this because oftentimes it's overlooked. that these, They did this because they had knowledge. They had knowledge and wisdom. Because even though they brought these three gifts, these three gifts had a meaning and a reasoning behind it. And what were these gifts reasoning? What were the, the meaning behind them? Well, the gold is because of the royalty of Jesus Christ. The uh, frankincense is because of the divinity, how divine Christ was. He was Christ, after all, the Messiah. And myrrh, as dark as it may sound, because of the fact that he was going to go to the grave. Because of the fact that he was going to die. Of course, he's also going to rise again. It goes back to the divinity. But the fact is, is the, the myrrh means it's for the grave. Uh, sounds kind of dark. Can you imagine giving myrrh something of death to a baby? But we know that this is why it was given to him, what these really mean. But the gift, the greatest gift of all, is the gift of wisdom. And that is the title of today's sermon, the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. And these men had great wisdom. That's why they're known as wise men. We're going to talk all about that today, the wise men that they were. But guess what? You have a gift of wisdom too. We know that we have been given a gift, a gift of the Lord God has given us a wonderful gift of everlasting life. We're going to talk about all these things, but you have been given a gift of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about all these wonderful things today. Wisdom and knowledge of God's Word. These are not just words written in a book. When people say these things, it's because they're stupid. Boy, if pastor that's so mean. I honestly, oftentimes is. It's blunt. It's true. Well, I mean they're stupid. I mean they don't have any intelligence to it. They don't understand it because they don't have Jesus Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit. So when they look at it, they just see words. They don't see the intelligence behind it. They don't see the wisdom in it. They don't understand it. I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I turn on certain news networks, I won't say which, and it's stupid to me. I don't understand it when I listen to it. I won't tell you which ones. I think you can understand them. Either way, when I watch those things, they make no sense to me. But when I go to the Word of God, it makes absolute sense to me, not because of my knowledge, but because of the knowledge of the Lord God. You know why? Because God is wisdom. God is wisdom. He most certainly is. And if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to me one more time. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you're listening to him, being led by him through the Holy Spirit, then I'm telling you right now, you have the greatest gift of all time. You have wisdom. If you're not listening to him, then you have foolishness. If you don't believe he exists, then you are a fool. I didn't say it, you did. You said it. If you say that there is no God, you said you're a fool. People say it's not nice to call people a fool. I don't. People who say they don't believe in God say they're a fool. I don't say the Bible says those who say there is no God says they're a, they're a fool. So therefore, it's not me insulting them. They're insulting them. I always kind of enjoy that because they say, yo, we gotta be nice to people. Yes, we do. But they're not nice to themselves, quite frankly. It's an interesting thought. But anyway, wisdom and knowledge of God's word. That's what these wise men, that's what it's all about. We are a child of the Lord God, the child that we should be, knowing of his wisdom. It says this. In Psalm 111, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This doesn't mean to be afraid of him, terrified. We talk about it from time to time. We're not to be terrified of God. The wisdom, the fear of the Lord, is to know that he is real and to have respect for him, respect for his word. Not to change anything about it, but to respect his word, to follow his word, to do what it says. I'll read it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who live it have insight. His praise endures forever. Praise the Lord God. Then there's Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 6. Oh, I like this too. 
And it says this, Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. Turn there if you like. You don't have to, but I'm going to read it. You can read along with me. Or you can just sit there and listen, but listen to what it says. It says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 6, it says, and I quote the word of God, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments within you, and that doesn't mean hide them from other people. It means put them in you and live off them. Listen to what it says now. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Praise the Lord. The people that don't find it aren't looking for it. Oh, man. Have you ever lost something at your house? Oh, don't tell me no. You know every single one of you have. Let's not lie to one another. How about this? How about you go to find something on television and you're, where did I put that remote? Doggone it. You're looking every which way but loose for it. And you know you have. It might have fallen between the cushions or anything else. Folks, you're not going to find it just sitting there mad. You're going to find it by looking and searching. And folks, when you go to the Word of God, if you search for it, if you search and you look and you pray about it, the Holy Spirit will help you find what, not what you want, but what you need. And then you can search what is going to be needed in your heart and in your mind for understanding. That is what the Lord God wants us to do. We need to be aware of what the Lord needs us to find. Speaking of aware, speaking of aware, the wise men were aware. They are aware of a star through the astronomy because they were wise men. They had the knowledge thereof. They were scientists, so to speak. Uh, they were aware of the star through astronomy, not astrology, astronomy. And they understood that, and they uh, also knew of God's word. But why? How? How did they know about God's word? It wasn't like they were pastors. It wasn't like they were ministers. It wasn't like they were church members like you. It wasn't like they were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ because he hadn't come yet, obviously. Uh, they wouldn't be looking for him uh, to be born. So how was this? Oh, this is important. Let's now go to the testimony of Daniel. Now, this is way before. This is way before the wise men. Way before. How long was it, Pastor, before the wise men that Daniel was there? 500 years. 500 years. Well, that's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long, long time. A long time for the wise men. 500 years and Daniel was there. So let's take a look at this. Why do the wise men come from the east? Because of Daniel. But before we do that, let's take a look at a few other people. Jeremiah spoke to the Jews in Judah Ezekiel was God's spokesman to the Jewish captives in Babylon, and Daniel served in the courts of the pagan kings who ruled the world. So 500 years before those wise men, there was Daniel speaking to these pagan kings. And who were these pagan kings? Well, let's take a look at this. The kings of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, that's Belshazzar, not Belteshazzar, because Belteshazzar was Daniel's Babylonian name. So there's King Belshazzar. Oh, who's Belshazzar? Belshazzar was an obnoxious king who saw the handwriting on the wall because he lived so foolishly, so horribly, so bad, he would barely became king, and all of a sudden he made God mad, and there's the handwriting on the wall. So that's Belshazzar. The next one was Darius the Mede, and then there is Cyrus the Great. Those four kings, and that's where Daniel was. That's all that Daniel had done. He'd done those things, but with God's power and Daniel being obedient, 
he was known as a wise man. But he wasn't just known as a wise man in that little area. Daniel was known as a wise man all over the world. In fact, after the lion's den, King Darius had appointed him as Rabmag. Now that sounds like a horrible name. Almost a horrible nickname or, or, or even a word that you should never repeat. But Rabmag in Persian, in, in the Persian world, means chief of the Magoi. And that's Magoi is uh, Greek for something else. And we know that as mag, uh, Magi, Magi in Latin. Now, what does that mean? Well, in our words, magi means magic or magician. Uh, in other words, a wise man. Now, when we think of magician, we probably think of a top hat, which I could have worn, but I didn't. We could have thought of a top hat. We probably think of abracadabra, but that's not exactly what it means. Now, in some ways, in some areas, it did mean that. But in this case, it didn't mean that. He was a wise man who knew of a lot of things. He was a wise man because he followed God. And in this case, folks, when we follow the Lord God, you're a wise man or a wise woman. You're a wise person, too. When we follow the Lord God and we follow his understanding, that's what it means. You are to be wise. Not wise to your own understanding, but to the understanding of the Lord God. Yes, you can look to the stars, not to the stars themselves like the astrologers. But you're to look to the uh, you're to look to the one who made those stars. Yes, you are. You're to be wise too, and you can be today. Hallelujah. So that is why they came from the east is because they were studying under Daniel. He was legendary. He was a legendary wise man all through Babylon. His reputation continues to this day. In fact, so much so that Jesus himself mentioned. He mentioned Daniel as a prophet in Matthew chapter 24. I'm not telling you to go there. I'm just telling you what he did. Now, in Daniel chapter 20, excuse me, chapter 9, Daniel is told by God in a dream exactly how many years will pass before the death of the Messiah. This is what Daniel did. He knew because he was so wise and following God that the Messiah was going to live, and they knew about this because they followed the advice of Daniel. How long? A couple days later? No, 500 years later. They're still talking about the wisdom of God through Daniel. And these people were still talking about it in this land. You may say, what land? What land? Well, some say Babylon because we knew he lived in Babylon. Some say Persia because he moved over to Persia. So it was either Persia or Babylon, but it was over there. Whichever one. You could call them, you could put them both together. Uh, Persian. I'm not sure, but we could say Babylon, Persia. It doesn't really matter. It was over there in the east. We know that. We know that. So they were following Daniel. But folks, it was not because they were following Daniel. They were following God, who Daniel was following. That's the important thing. Some Christians want to say, oh, they're following me. Look at that. No, 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 no. We should never say that. Look how they're following Philip. No, no, no. I don't want people following me. I want people following he who's living in me. Hallelujah. 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 That's how it ought to be. So Daniel left them instructions exactly, uh, exactly when they should begin looking for the Messiah. Okay, so they know that now. We know that, that they were looking for the Messiah because of what Daniel said. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if that's the case, who told them about the star and how they would know about the star? It wasn't Daniel. So who told them about that? Well, let's go back a little farther. We already went back uh, for, for 500 years, right? We already know that. And I had to do a lot of studying through other ministers and stuff, too, to, to find this. It wasn't all me, okay? Let me just give that clear. I'm not that smart. Now, so they had to go back even farther. They'll go even farther here. You go a thousand years before Daniel. Whew. So we went 500 years for Daniel, 
A thousand years before Daniel, we're not going a thousand five hundred years before the wise men. Five thousand five hundred years before the wise men. And we're going to go to another man. Now, who is this man? Okay, this is about the time of Moses, but it wasn't Moses. Actually, it wasn't really a man of God. Not really. But see, God can use just about anybody if God chooses to. That doesn't mean stay out of God's will. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that at all. I can do anything I want to do. No, no. No, Christian. Doesn't mean that at all. But he used a man, and you might have heard of him, Balaam. Yeah, he used a donkey man, the donkey talker. And you might know a lot of people, the moment you say a donkey talker, you might have all sorts of, of people you're thinking of. No, we're not talking about Eddie Murphy, and you know, we're not talking about that. But he wasn't really a good man or a man of God, but God used him. He used him and gave him wisdom to pass on. In fact, we see in Numbers 24, verse 17, this is where Balaam, the donkey talker, uh, spoke, and he said, I will see him, but not now. I will hold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel, and will crush the borderlands of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. Now Balaam's prophecy said that a star would rise out of the land of Jacob at the same time when the rising of Israel's scepter. And a scepter is the emblem of the king. Okay? That's what it means. Like I said, I had to do a lot of studying here. So Daniel, Daniel, a Jew, would have been deeply familiar with the prophecy because it's found in the Holy Torah. In other words, the word of God. The word of God. Wisdom that he shared and spread to others. Now, what's my point to all of this? Going back farther, further, further for Daniel to know all the things that were said to him through all the years. And he spread it and spread it and spread it and shared it to other people who lived 500 years later to all those people. My point is this, that we are to know the word of God and to share it to the people around us. We're not to be ashamed of the word of God, but it might hurt people's feelings. They're going to be okay. Their feelings are going to come and go. Opinions are going to come and go. But our opinion is not to be our own, but to follow the Lord of God, because it is to be the gift of wisdom that God has given us through his word. It is not to be my opinion or my wisdom, but the wisdom of God that I'm to live by. And that alone. And a lot of people want to know, how come you believe this, Philip? I don't believe anything. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and it is by him and him alone that I am to live by. And that is it. We're to know the word and have wisdom. Have his wisdom with you. And we are not to be caught off guard. Wait, whoa, whoa, Philip. Pastor Philip? I can't memorize all the word. I can't memorize the whole Bible. I can't do that. Oh, you're talking to the choir, literally. My mom knows I'm in her choir. I know, I know. I can't memorize all the word either, but Pastor, you, you preach from it all the time. I got it printed down. I know, okay? I don't have it memorized, but I'm going to tell you this. I read it. I read it, I read it, I read it. And folks, I read it and weep in the sense that when I read it, the word of God comes to me. And then when I need it, I say, I don't have it memorized. And you say, yeah, but I can't memorize it. Have you had seven brain surgeries? I'm simply saying I have a hard time memorizing. But when I need it, the Holy Spirit says, don't worry, it's here. So, oh, thank you, Lord. I didn't know I could do that. You didn't. I did. 
and I'm delivering it to you when it's necessary. You see, you have the energy of the Holy Spirit. You didn't even know it because it's a gift of the wisdom that God's given you. You didn't even know that gift was there, but it's there. Hallelujah. Boy, Philip, what did you take in your Wheaties this morning? I didn't even eat Wheaties. This is not me. This is the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. Listen to what it says. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without criticism, and it will be given to him. Just ask of God. It will be given to you. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Ask of the Lord to be given to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He'll give it to you. It's not just memorizing scripture. It's understanding knowledge and comprehending it. It's the Holy Spirit that gives that gift. You see, I've known a lot of people who can memorize scriptures and things. They have that gift. That's great. I've known some people who have that memorizing. That's wonderful. But then I've known some who memorize it and they can quote it. But then I said, what does that mean? <laughs> they don't get it. You know why? It's not really us who know that anyway. It's the Holy Spirit that gives the understanding. And maybe you get embarrassed if you, if you don't quite understand it. I get that because I used to read and read and read and read and read. I couldn't comprehend any of it. But if you keep, uh, keep reading and reading and praying, when you read it, God will help you with that. I was telling you a while ago that I went to seek some help on certain scriptures and things, and God will help you with certain uh, ministers and things like that. They will. They'll, they'll help you. However, not every minister knows what they're talking about. I'm, I'm simply telling you that. Be very careful. But make sure it's someone that you know of, someone that will help you, someone that you know that you know that you know is there to back you up. And I'll also tell you that there's others who can help you tremendously. The Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom that you need. So you need to understand the word of God. He can give, give us a gift of this. We must try and apply the word, not just in the understanding of it, but put it into our lives. And God will help us with the understanding of it. So it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, and oh, this is wonderful. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget it, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is principle, therefore get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. It's vitally important to get these things, to get the understanding of the word, not just the reading, but the understanding of it. And I've said it before because sometimes I go to weight, you may not be able to tell, I've gone through weight loss before. But here's the thing, whenever you go to a, a menu or whatever and you, you, you talk about how to lose weight, it's not enough just to know how to do it, it's to do it. If someone tells you how to do it and you don't do it, or someone tells you, let's say a doctor tells you how to take medication and you don't take the medication, it's not going to help you whatsoever. The same with the word of God. If God tells you how to apply it to your lives and you don't apply it, it's not going to help you at all in your spirit. You can say, I know this is the right thing. I know that this is the right thing to do. But if you don't apply it, it's not going to help you whatsoever. Not at all. So the Magi were wise men and they went to King Herod. To his men, he found out where the newborn king was. They found out exactly where the new, new king, the newborn king was. Because they didn't know. They didn't know exactly where Jesus was going to be. They didn't know, but the king, Herod, his men did. They knew that word. They knew 
where the king was going to be. Now, where did they find that? They found that in Micah chapter 5. We're not going to go to that. We already went to it. That's how we started out. That's why we read that. It is in Micah chapter 5, verse 2 specifically, where it says, but you, Bethlehem, tells you where it's going to be. And they read it, and they went to Bethlehem. And those three kings, those three kings believed because of what they heard through the word. And they went and served and bowed down to the newborn king and gave those gifts representing that he is, is, and believed with all their hearts the brand new king of kings. They believe that. Folks, I'm simply telling you that God has called you, called you to be the believers, the king's men and women, the children of God, to believe. Just like King Herod had his, his believers who knew the word of God, and they didn't believe in king, kings like that. They were expecting a Messiah to come and destroy Rome. I'm telling you that we're to be those who believe in Jesus Christ and spread the word of God and have no doubts, but to do it with all our hearts and all our souls. Now, look, I know we all have our failings. We know that. But we are to be believers to spread the word of God, have no doubts in our Messiah, have no doubts to spread it with love and compassion and to spread that word because well, let me tell you something, Messiah is on his way, he's coming back, and if we don't spread the word, those people are going to be bound for hell like they're bound right now, and if we don't do it, we will have to answer to the Lord, why didn't you tell them? We need to tell them, we need to tell them right now that the Messiah is on his way and they're missing the boat. And we don't want to be held responsible because we are too ashamed to spread the word of God. I don't want to be held responsible. We are the king's men, the servants, the king being Jesus, the king of kings. Now, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your opponents will be able to neither refute or resist. But pastor, people all over the place, whether it be through work, whether it be online, whether it be here or there, they refute it all the time that he's the king of kings. That's not what I'm saying. What Jesus Christ was saying was they can try to argue that Jesus isn't the Messiah, but when everything is done and they stand before the Lord God, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and no one will be able to deny it. That's what he's saying. Oh, people can argue and, and, and act foolish. And they do that foolish. But in the end, in the end, not a soul will refute it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 19 through 20, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. And I say this to you because we, we, we turn on television rather be in politics and there's a lot of foolishness in that and a lot of vanity we see people who believe that they're so wise and it doesn't matter which side whether they're a donkey whether they're an elephant no matter what it might be there's a lot of crafty folk who believe they don't have to answer anybody like they have power I'm going to tell you none of us have power without the Lord God without the lamb living within us without the dove guiding us and the fact of the matter is this, that we need him. We need not to go on vanity. 
It says in Colossians 4, 5 through 6, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, wisely using the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you should answer everyone. And I say this to you so very often. I was guilty of it too. So very often we go to people, whether it be political things or people who are lost of other sorts, and we a lot of times say, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to make them think how smart I am. Don't do that. We are to bring them to God through grace and understanding. This is not a, let's mark one off for us because we got them with a a good one-liner. We're working for the Lord, not for ourselves. We need to remember this. It says in Colossians 2.8, Beware lest anyone captivate. This is talking about let's not argue with people. Let's not argue with people about arguments of spiritual things or other stuff. Listen to this. Beware lest anyone captivate you through philosophies and vain deceit in the tradition of men and the elementary principles of the world and not after Christ. You need to remember. Let's not fight the wrong battles. Those battles are nothing. They're nothing. It's worthless time. If you are wasted your time on something later on and say, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. I'm supposed to spend my time getting this prepared and this ready and this ready and this ready is dead. I spent too much time doing this stupid little nothing of a thing. How many of us are doing that even now? James 3, 17 through 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We need to remember this. We're to be the king's men showing love, and by men I'm talking about mankind, be of love and kindness, showing the love of the Lord God, peace, joy. We need to do this. The wisdom, wisdom is shared. Wisdom is to be shared. It's to be a great gift of love and compassion. You know, just this week, I shared on Facebook of a wonderful moment wonderful moment in my life in which wisdom was shared to me as a little boy. I was three years old. It was April the 6th, 1980. And it was actually, it wasn't Christmas. One Christmas. It was a, the other greatest holiday dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why Christmas exists in the first place. It was Easter. He died on the cross. and rose from the you put those three things together, you have the very reason that Jesus came. So that he could live in you. And on that day, April 6, 1980, I was only three years old. Oh, I was so cute. <laughs> I'm, of course, joking. Arrogant, right? No, but I was uh, I was just joking. I, but I had hair. And, uh, <laughs> and blonde hair at that. And what I could tell you, I was going to a church in Kansas. I remember that day very well. And uh, I remember that day, my grandmother and grandfather, they were such wonderful, loving people. And they loved us so much. And they give gifts. They give gifts to all of us grandchildren. They had eight of us. And uh, they would give us all gifts that we could have it equally. 
And they gave us Bibles, our very first. And they gave me a red Bible and my cousin John a red Bible. And they gave a blue Bible to my uh, brother Matthew, I believe it was, and a blue Bible to my cousin Paul, and black to my brother David and Dan. Or maybe I had that backwards. But either way, and they gave white to my little sister and my big sister. And in this Bible, it says something that's so wonderful that I love, and it talks about, it says to a sweet little three-year-old, so I'm no longer three nor sweet, I don't think. But either way, it said that, and what I love about the most, what I love about the most is on the second page. It shows the love and compassion of my grandparents. My grandmother wrote something on the second page of the journal, and it says how to be saved. And it says John 3, 16, 17. When I think about how much they loved us, that they spread the word of God with everyone. They spread the word of God and they showed us what the most important thing in the world is, is the word of God. They cared more about that than anything else. They wanted to make sure that I knew how to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It makes me want to cry sometimes with how lucky I am that they spread this word. I will keep this for the rest of my life. Now, I don't really read from this Bible. It's falling apart. I actually had to tape it yesterday. The fact is, is this means the world to me. It's not the thing. It's what this thing represents. Jesus Christ that was shared to me through my loved ones. And it wasn't just because this was given, but it was also applied through my parents and others. The word needs to be shared and applied and made sure that we have it with us continuously. And because of this wonderful present and gift, I received the greatest gift of my entire life. And that is my Savior, Jesus Christ, came into my heart when I was seven years old. On a March night, Friday night, I was seven years old. He was born and died and rise again, rose again as he rose but we could be born again. I knew about that because of this wonderful present. The word was shared. And the word should be shared with all the people that you know. You should share the word. Continuously share the word. It's a gift of wisdom. And you can share the gift of wisdom with others. Even by the smallest amount. By going to others and saying God bless you. By saying to other people that Jesus Christ loves you. By going up to other people saying Merry Christmas. Christ is born. By going to other people and saying to them that Jesus loves you, even when they think that he doesn't, he does, and that he's with them, and let them know that they are not alone. Just let them see it in the way that you live, in the way that you speak, by the things you say and the things that you don't. We need to know that Jesus Christ lives in us, and people need to see it. We need to share the word of Jesus Christ every single day by your loved ones, and even not your loved ones, even to your enemies. Those who think that you hate them, let them see that you don't. More importantly, let them see that Jesus Christ who lives within you loves them. Let them see it. Let them know it. The word of God needs to be not only heard, but felt and known and seen lived in our veins. This is what needs to be seen, that the gift of wisdom is lived and applied in our lives. And with that, let us finish today with John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's now bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray that you will just be with us now. And I pray right now, Lord God, that your will be done today. I pray, Lord God, for those who are watching, if there be anyone here who does not know you, I pray that today, this very day, they'll come to know you. I pray right now for blessings upon every single person here. I pray for all this in your holy begotten name. And I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, if there be anyone who's afraid today, afraid to call out, afraid to call out to you, that you will take away that fear. And if there be anyone, Lord God, who needs to talk to someone about salvation, if they're afraid, I pray that they will know to call the number of this church. They will talk to me personally. I pray that they will call my name at 6591-3203. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that they will know that they are loved. I pray all of this in Jesus' most holy precious.